are now listening to the We're in this lovely time of the season where there's a lot of opinions flying around. Yeah. A lot of opinions. Um... Interesting opinions. We we, hey, we listen, don't... man. Everybody's entitled to an opinion, even they if they're are. really formed or, and have no basis in reality or fact or logic or any of those things. It's fine. <laughs> Athlon Sports uh, just released, uh, or last month, they released their spring 2022 power rankings. And our good friends at Athlon Sports always love when they put their rankings out. Yeah. Yeah, very kind. Um, Auburn is ranked 12th mm. out of 14, only ahead of Missouri and Vandy. So, according to them, we're going to finish last in the West. Uh, apparently, there's a guy on Twitter who has Auburn going one and seven in conference, finishing last. And going about four and eight, which puts us, you guessed it, right ahead of Missouri and Vandy. Yeah. Um, we know what needs to happen this year for Harson to be able to retain his job, right? We're going to have to see some improvement. He definitely can't do that. <laughs> we can't. That's that's going the wrong direction, right? Kevin, yeah. <laughs> uh, can't do that. Nope. So my question, even beyond, we know what we want to have happen, but it, but looking at it objectively, what we saw in spring, what we have up ahead, will Auburn football improve from six and seven in twenty twenty two? Yes. Start with you, Mike G. Go ahead. Yes. Let, 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 give, us, give, us, give us some hope beyond what, uh, what people I, outside of the program are saying. I think a lot of this doom and gloom is about the quarterback, the uncertainty at the quarterback position. I really do. That's, um, that's fair. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the folks. And the offensive line. Yeah, true. Um, run blocking was bad last year. You can't yeah. paint that with rose-colored shades. It was just not good. We made our running backs work a lot harder than they should have had to uh, for the talent that they have. Um, pass blocking was a, a little above average, but you know there were still there's still significant growth to be had there. Um, but quarterback play left a lot to be desired at times last year, and there is a feeling that we did not get better. And I think that. People have just not seen anything else. We had one dude for eight years who perennially put out average to terrible quarterbacks. And this is year two of the Brian Harson era. Every quarterback now on this roster, he brought in. Right. And I think in year two, people will be pleasantly surprised by the production at that position, no matter who wins the job. I feel pretty confident that whether it's Calzada or... Robbie or TJ, we're going to see a marked improvement. And if whoever wins the job initially does not perform to snuff, I feel more confident this year going to the backup than I have in years past. So, uh, you know, one in seven is stupid. Like, if there's a bet, if Brandy Mac, if you're watching, uh, send me the over under on that, <laughs> right? Like, can I take that bet? Can I put $1,000 on that right now? Auburn's not going one and seven in the SEC next year. I, I mean, that's just, I'm, you know, and the media is right about like negative 3% of the time anyway. 
Uh, the guy who made that prediction, I don't even know if he qualifies as media. You know, 12th in the SEC, uh, that's, again, such a ridiculously flagrant insult to the talent level that we have on this team and the players that we have on defense. Defense alone, we're good for five wins. And we may have improved on defense, even in spite of losing McCreary and Zacoby McClain. Dylan Brooks showed promise during A-Day. I know it. I mean, highly touted kid. It's just people are uncertain about what they haven't seen. For sure. So because they have not seen a lot of this, I get the uncertainty. But I'll tell you what, the one in seven is not happening. It's just not. And I can't wait to see what, what these – I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for our receivers to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for whoever's playing at quarterback – to uh, prove a lot of people wrong. I read an assessment of our quarterbacks that I thought was completely ridiculous. Every single one of them. The assessment of every single one of them was ridiculously off and um, non-objective. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this season. Five straight home games to start the season is a gift. It is. And Auburn should at worst come out of that stretch four and one if you ask me. So, four and two wouldn't be the end of the world either. I'm sorry. Three and... Three and two. Yeah, bad math. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Just, it puts a little bit more pressure on the rest of that October schedule to get things together. But I think we could beat Penn State. Clifford is coming back for a sixth year. <laughs> uh, he carved us up last year. Uh, I definitely ate a lot of crow on that game, man. Oof. He, he had the game of his life versus us. I don't know that he played that well the rest of the season. He didn't. He didn't. And he played that well the rest of the season. Um, you know, and LSU should be beatable. Missouri and then the cupcakes that we got. <laughs> Come on, man. That's not a terrifying schedule to start the season. And all those games are at home. So, uh, by game three, if the offense does not, look good and i'm speaking specifically of quarterback i expect to see some changes going into or during penn state we cannot let the wheels fall off the wagon waiting on guys to get it this year harson can't afford that so um i'm excited i'm excited to see what all these guys can do uh, or at least the ones that get a shot i does a lot of this have to do with the way Auburn ended its season last year? That, that people yeah. just are just completely down on what they yeah. would look like. It, I mean, it has to do with two things fundamentally. Uh, the way that the season ended last year leaves people feeling like, um, you know, you've got talent that has gone out. We finished on a sour note, and then the the second thing is what Mike was saying, which is, is the uncertainty of where we will be talent wise or productivity wise, the quarterback position. Um, I don't know that there's any, anything else. Like if, if I tried to weave another logical argument in with that, there's nothing else that I think I can pull out that would make any sense. Um, because listen, I, I understand what the record was and this isn't the, you know, I'm, I'm the woulda, shoulda, coulda game is very difficult, but when you're trying to project forward, you have to be able to say, was it as bad as it looked? And this is this is the thing, and and please forgive me as I go back for a second to talk about the previous coach while I make this argument for the current coach. This is the thing that I was always saying about the previous coach, which is, yes, we won games, 
but how we won those games did not instill any confidence in me and our team's competence to be dominant at any point in the near future. Right. It was always barely winning and fluky and all this kind of stuff. So it never made me feel like, oh man, Auburn is almost there. So regardless of what the record was at the end of the season, it always felt like we were dangling on the edge of being much worse than what our record looked like, right? And so that didn't instill confidence in me. Conversely, we didn't have a great record last year, but we showed signs within games of competence. Now, we showed plenty of signs of incompetence within games. So again, that's why I'm like, I don't know how you automatically go to the opposite, to the negative side of that spectrum based on what? Like, if players retained in the same system have the opportunity to improve in that system, you would expect incremental improvements as well in their play on the field and therefore a different result within the game. We didn't have so much turnover at so many critical positions where I'm like, there's no way we're going to be better defensively, right? Like, I, I understand that Zacoby McClain and Roger McCrary, huge hits to actual playing time and experience. But, but again, that was their first year in that system too. Everybody else who's returning on that defense for the most part played in this system last year. So I expect improvement from those playing in this system in year two. The same thing goes for literally everyone on the offense is that all of them are returning, so I expect improvement from them within the system. So if you get incremental improvements across the board from multiple players within the system, you can expect to see incremental benefits of that on the field. Now, that's not saying that no other teams are going to get better as well. I'm saying that I'm looking at what we have on our team and the talent that we have and the potential that they have, and I'm saying, wow, you guys really just have no faith whatsoever in players' ability to, pr 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 to, to to get better year over year. To improve, yeah. But some of these same people told me that Bo Nix was going to be a Heisman caliber quarterback in year three because it was going to be year three and he's going to be... I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get how we're tying our logics together. Either you can improve year over year or you can't. Either it can happen or it can't. And it's more likely that you improve year over year when the system is retained, when the coaching staff is retained. Mm -hmm. The only people you lost in this coaching staff were the, the coordinators, and everybody swore to me that both of them were the worst coordinator hires ever. So they're gone. So we should be better just by getting rid of them, right? Like, I just don't, I don't understand where the logic follows. Again, I'm not, I'm not predicting a national championship next year. I'm just saying one in seven in the SEC is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. I'm sorry. Just it's, it's, it's a silly proposition to have me think that that's where we're going to land. If we land there, color me as shocked as I possibly oh, can be. We're going to have a new coach in 2023 if we yeah. land there. Zero yeah, just, way Harson survives just, that. I just don't see that. Again, a coach takes on, or excuse me, a team typically takes on the mentality of their coach. And Coach Brian Harson doesn't strike me as one, one in seven is going to be acceptable. So the team won't allow that to be acceptable. So I expect him to pull out more wins than that. Right. Just plain and simple. It's just not going to be a thing. And, you know, we, we, we talked to chief of staff and he said, what well, we achieved with what less than 50% of the team bought in. Right. You won six games with less than half of the team bought into what this coaching staff wants to do. Right. The idea is that more people have bought in. Yeah, and you know what? When we talk to the players, the vibe is completely different. Yeah. 
when you talk to the players that we have talked to have told us this is way different than what we had last year in the weight room, in the locker room, and in practice. On the field, off the field. It's, there's a different feeling. There's a different vibe around this team. And when I hear them say it enthusiastically, and you can look into their eyes and see the hope and the excitement that they have, and I know they're supposed to feel that way, but it just comes off super genuine to me. I just think that it, I, you know, I don't know, man, if that makes me a sunshine pumper for just believing that we're not going to go one and seven. Right. Then fine. I mean, yeah, this, this I'll is probably take that a shine all day. Yeah. This is a four and four SEC team. I think right now that they do better than four and four. That's overachieving. One and seven is just, those are used. The one in seven people are the Harson doomist. Like the people who just Scott never Scott. liked Harson to begin Correct. with. 100%. Yeah, the people who never liked Harson to begin with that were literally predicting one in seven because they think he's going to get fired next year anyway. So I hope they can find a way to cheer for Auburn. I'm taking, I've been taking screenshots and bookmarking tweets. I'm keeping, I mean, I'm, keeping rece- I'm keeping receipts on all this shit. It's, so it's 2022, the year of receipts for you, Mike G? There it is, man. I'm sorry. Some of this stuff is just too ludicrous to it's, let slide. It, I mean, but it's, it's flagrant, though. Like, yeah. like I, at this point, yeah. it's like, I, I, it's flagrant. And I hope, you know, listen, every year, every time we come into a season and people are putting Auburn in this position are the gears that we do really well. Um, and I'm not predicting some miraculous 2013 no. type of thing. What I'm saying is if you are predicting one in seven and then I just, again, you're, you're doing that solely based on you, you pulled a number out of your hater bias, right? Yeah. You okay, just, that's a bias like, from last season that you're bringing into this season based on the belief that we don't have a good coach. Right. Those right. people are going to be miserable during the football season, even when we win. After every game, it's going to be waiting for the wheels to fall off the wagon every single game. Yeah, they're not going to even be able to enjoy our success because they've put, they've invested so much energy into the, the predicted downfall. Yeah, right. Rather right. than just letting go of your ego and, and, and admitting that it was never as bad as you thought it was Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Build a Report, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. So let's say Harson goes 8-5 next year. That's an improvement. Two game improvement, eight and five. Um, let's or or, or uh, nine and three and wins a bowl game, right? Or nine and four, or whatever. I don't know. Whatever math adds up to us winning eight games in a bowl game. What those people will still find a reason to say we got lucky. We're not headed the right direction. But the slow build is what I'm counting on here for Brian Harson. Right. The schedule sets up nice for him, man. If he can't get it done, listen, he can't get it done. I just don't see what factual basis people have for saying that we're going to be worse than a six-win team this year. I, don't, I, I just don't see. I don't know how you look at the schedule and find 
eight losses like that one dude did. Eight. I mean, it, it basically, you, you have to say that there's only one team in the SEC that we could possibly beat, and that's likely Missouri. That's it. That's the only game we win right. in the SEC next year is Missouri. Yeah. And right. some of the teams that we played that we beat last year got worse. <laughs> right. They didn't get or better. Or are just as unpredictable this season, right? You already talked about how much turnover Ole Miss Ole had. Miss has. Right. So you, the, the, the Heisman... The Heisman quarterback candidate, the Heisman candidate quarterback they had, no longer there. But you're somehow assuming the guy who was the quarterback at LSU, who we beat when he played at LSU, is going to somehow make them better. Excuse me, that's Texas A&M. But, um, the, the, oh, Dart, Jackson Dart is somehow going to mm. come in and make Ole Miss better at, at on offense when Matt Corral the reason why they were good offensively was mostly because of his legs. He could throw, but it was mostly because of his running ability. Jackson Dart's not the runner that Matt Corral is. So he's going to throw better and they're going to, I just, is it, is it confidence? Is it really just about the coach? Do you just have right. that much confidence in Lane Kiffin and that little confidence in Brian Harson? I'm trying yeah. to understand where this talent deficit is that everybody keeps. But that's what it is. Between the middle it. of the pack teams, not it's, Bama, Georgia, but I'm talking about Ole Miss, Mississippi state, Arkansas, like, where is that? Yeah, but it's exactly what you said. It's the it's the Brian Harson haters that are predicting this. Twenty five kids out at Ole Miss, fourteen kids in. That is a significant amount of turnover and a lot of question marks. Right. right. Now listen, they may be good next year. Who knows? I just don't know how you're looking and saying with any certainty that they absolutely will be any more than we're going to be one in seven. Right. What? Come on, man. Right. So and again, know. LSU. They're 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 going they're, turnover. <laughs> they're going right. They're going through what we what we went through last year. A whole new and coaching. a culture change. Right. Yeah. They're have they're going to feel the pain of the culture change next year. And because, they weren't good last year. Yeah. Right. Their so you culture have a was not headed good down. team with a culture change, but you're assuming they're going to be in the top five. And like I just again. I don't see where you're getting that from. Is it because you think Brian Kelly is the savior of LSU in year one? Right. So I don't know. Like I said, I mean, uh, uh, I think, you know, again, you know, saying, hey, eight win ceiling, that's not a bad thing. When you're growing, when you're, again, when you're building a program, yeah. going from six to eight wins and eight to nine wins, nine to 10 wins is how it should be done. That's what, that's what Jimbo has been gradually doing at yeah. AM since he's been there. We have to get over the idea of these, these needing miracles and seeing these miracles that give us false hope of direction of the program. Bruce Pearl didn't build a winner overnight, man. He built it over years. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know basketball's a different beast, but, man, development is the same. There are very few coaches who come in and build winners overnight. Though. Overnight. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, with all of the positive momentum people feel like South Carolina was having, they went 6-6 six and six last year. And they are happy. Their fan base is like, yo, we are excited for next year because of the momentum that we built, even going 6-6 six and six on the season. Now, expectations are higher at Auburn, which I get. For sure. I, They're yeah, higher at Auburn. I, I, and, so, and I think that that's part of the problem is that people right. are stacking up against what they expect, not the reality. The right? reality. Because yeah. we aren't at the place where we are contending for the SEC West title right now. We must be terrible. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of ground between losing one game in the season to either Bama or Georgia and going and only winning one game in the entirety of the SEC. And I'm like, how did y'all get so far away from either end of that? Right. Yeah, I just I, I I get confused by now, it. Now I I stand by this, and I will die on this hill. We had the talent to win nine games last year. Certainty, for sure. Well, what what sure. we did not have were a lot of the intangibles that are harder to predict. That the players and the coaches have been telling about us about all off season. Right. We finally got this together. You know, we asked Alan Green about how he felt about the direction of the program. He gave us some good stuff. We have some other interviews coming for you guys that will shed light on what we're talking about. I just I like what I'm hearing, and I've liked what I've seen. It's still a work in progress. We have by no means arrived, right? But I just don't know how. Like, if we just got better, if let's say Robbie Ashford wins the job, or let's just say Zach Calzada. Let's talk more realistically. A guy who started every game in the SEC last year behind one of the worst pass protecting offensive lines in our league. Texas A&M replaced every starter on their offensive line last year, and they were terrible. He was running for his life. Under pressure, like 37% of his dropbacks. Right up there with Bryce Young. And I thought he did a pretty good job under the circumstances. Enter him into Auburn just with the, at the, the level that we pass protected last year. He should be a much better quarterback here, and he should be able to make our receivers better. If TJ improves, he should be able to do the same. Robbie should be able to do the same in his own ways. All these guys bring something different to the table. Get us through. We need one of these guys to get us through these development years because 2023 will be a development year as well. Still need to show improvement. But then when a guy like Holden Garner takes over, it's it, you know culture is solidified, right? The the talent, um, uh, uh, the talent pool is streamlined, and the system is solidified. And we're not expecting this kid to come in and be the savior of Auburn football. <laughs> right? He could come and be in a, a very important part in a well-oiled machine. Realistically, that's the type of system we felt like Bo should have been stepping into. Yeah. The situation that Gus put him in was not very fair. Not for, uh, uh, at the time, what, like a seventh-year head coach. I don't think it was fair. Going into your seventh year, a kid like Bo, if you're going to start him, he should have been stepping into a well-oiled machine on offense, and he wasn't, and that is Gus's fault 100%. Yeah, I mean, listen, all of those top recruiting, um, recruiting classes that he brought in, Tons of misses, tons of transfers. Too many misses. Tons of uh, guys who just, they never played a down at Auburn that was worth anything. But they're four and five star recruits. I just just don't understand how people are. And this is why I, I don't fall in love with recruiting rankings. Like it doesn't, that doesn't matter to me at the time. It's great to have the talent in the room. Can you keep them in the room and can you make them productive? Right. That's what matters the most. Yeah. They only matter if you're pulling in the most, like if you're doing what uh, Texas A&M did, like some of them five stars that they brought in will bust out. Nobody's going to care because enough of those kids will pan out. (laughs) Right. That you're not going to feel the few that actually bust. Right. Right. That's Texas A&M situation right now. They're really high on the freshmen that they brought in at quarterback. 
Plus, they got Haynes King, who actually won the job last year. And then the kid from LSU transferred. Yeah, yeah competing with Max Johnson. That's a lot of, you know, you got starts, competing with starts, and then a freshman in the waiting with an all-time great recruiting class. Yeah. If I were the freshman, I'd be cool chilling this season <laughs> with the class that they brought in. Now, me and my boys, my 2022 cats, <laughs> we're taking over the league next year. That's how I'd feel. That's how I think we should feel. That's how I hope. That's where I hope Brian Harson has Auburn football in 2024. Right. Now, that's the way I think they're selling that uh, with guys like Damari Austin, you know, coming in and trying to sell it to, you know, the, the, the recruits around him. And it's like, hey, man, we're building something here. Like, don't worry about what you saw last year. Just know what we got in the tuck is is something mm. special, right? Like, get Strapped on board up. now mm -hmm. yeah. before everybody else does, right? Because you right. want to be able to get in now and learn the system so that next year when we step into it and we're the guys, we're coming out there doing something nobody expected. Exactly. Thomas Jones says, too, too deep depth chart after the spring game. Uh, I guess that's in reference to what we were saying uh, after spring with the meetings. Well, he, wants, he wants us to put one together to see if we can ah. put a, a too deep depth so here's the thing why I'm hesitant to do that right now, because the transfer portal hasn't happened yet, right? So I want to see what shakes out from all of that stuff. And, um, you know, there's just, just guys we haven't seen do anything yet, right? Like Zach Calzada hasn't even taken a meaningful snap in practice yet outside of just throwing. So right. I'm hesitant to put anything out there that I know is going to change. But if this is, Thomas, I don't know if you were with us last year. As we get closer to the season, we do uh, position group breakdowns. Now, what we didn't do last year was give projections on who we thought were going to be starters in those mm -hmm. position groups. But maybe we'll do that this year as we are trying to, you know, devote more time to doing this stuff for the War Report we'll have more time to be able to do something like that. So just stay tuned with us. I promise you we'll get into stuff like that as the fall camp starts. So got one here from Brian Hancher. He says, I like the one in seven prediction makes good bulletin board material and tangibles. They should be making one in seven t-shirts. <laughs> the team should. You know, wear it on your chest, man. And just, you know, remind yourself what people think of what you're going to accomplish this, this year. Did you, so you guys have heard the story of um, the 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 Cleveland Cavaliers series with Michael Jordan leading up to the shot that ultimately ended that series. Have you guys heard this story about mm -hmm. what Michael Jordan did? Mm -hmm. So so there were they, he was uh the, it was the before Game Five because it was a five game series. Um, the writers had all put out their predictions, and there were three of them, and one of them said that the Cavs would win in three, one of them said the Cavs would win in four, and the other one said Cavs in five. And he walked up before game five, to, to, to three, those three writers said, we took care of you already, took care of you already, we're taking care of you tonight. And he pointed at all of them. He was using that as motivation of like, all of y'all said we would lose this series before tonight's game, and I'm about to prove the last one of you guys wrong tonight. Before the game started, he goes out there that game and hits the game-winning shot afterwards. You got to have that mentality that says, all right, cool, got you. One and seven. I'm going to put it on my locker, do whatever I got to do. And as soon as I win the second game of the season, I need to find my new motivation to go win more, right? Yeah, right. The Auburn basketball team, I think, embraced the fact that people thought that they were going to finish fifth in the SEC last season. They were like, 
well, that was wrong. Like you, the, the barrage of them coming back and saying, hey, this, this looks really stupid right now, doesn't it? After you win the regular season title, they used it as motivation going into the season to say, I got you. Fifth in the SEC, cool. We'll see, we'll see where that shakes out at the end. And so the, the football team needs to just embrace the fact that, all right, one in seven. I hear you. I bet you that won't be the actual outcome. Yeah. So got sure. it, you got you to gotta adopt it, man. You got to just embrace it and, 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 and let it be a thing that motivates you to go out there and prove them wrong. Keeps yeah. you with an edge. Keep you, keeps you with an edge for sure. Uh, Locked On wants to know who was talking about dad jokes. You. <laughs> Get out of here, you troll. <laughs> let's, block, let's block locked on. Time out for five minutes. James Barnett says, fellas, those people who are making those asinine comments are forgetting that the team will have something to say about wins versus losses. I agree. I yeah. agree. It's it's hard for you know why it's hard for me to accept a lot of these comments because we're hearing from the players about all the hard work that they're putting in to be better. Right. Right. And so when you hear it directly from them, it's it's hard to go out and say, I think this player is gonna be terrible and this is gonna be that. And, you know, again, you can call that a sunshine pump if you want to. Um, but hearing how their mindset is better and how things are better and hearing from them why they think they're going to be better as players and as a team makes me optimistic. That's what we try to share with people. So, you know, and that's all of them, man. That's, that's a lot of, um, that's, that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, Luke, that's Robbie, that's TJ. That's a lot of the players that we've talked to, man. They all feel like it's different. And until they go out on the field and show me otherwise, because this year's team is not last year's team. There are too many different pieces. War Report family, you are listening to the Wednesday Night War Room podcast. You're in the right place for great discussion of Auburn sports news, but there's so much more available to our YouTube channel patrons. Patron-level supporters get first dibs on select content, special chat privileges when we have special segments and big-time guests, and only patrons get access to our off-season football film reviews that kick off after A-Day. We're talking next-level film breakdowns to look at what we did in 2021 and even give us a glimpse of what to expect in 2022. And did I mention the patron giveaways? So head on over to our YouTube page and look for the join button. Become a patron-level member and get your weight up. All right, now let's get back to it. And and that's that's the thing that I don't understand is, like, why do you expect the same or worse results when people— so? Let's just, you know, we're not, I don't want to spend, we talked, we've talked ad nauseum about the quarterback situation. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time on this, right? But again, I, why don't you expect with an entire fall ahead of him for TJ Finley to play better when it comes to game time in the fall? If you don't feel like TJ Finley is going to be any better, why don't you trust that Brian Harson is going to put the right quarterback in there to play better in the fall? Why don't you expect the offensive line to improve at all? I know that we didn't get any additional talent, but are you saying these are people who are incapable of playing any better than they did last year, regardless of having additional experience and more, more uh, time in the weight room? They're incapable of getting any better. So we've reached their talent ceiling last year. That was it. They don't improve anymore. Right. right. 
why are you expecting wide receivers that are in this uh, room to not play better next season? They have reached their talent ceiling. There is no capacity for them to get better. We saw Shedrick Jackson get better within the season last year, but he must, he, he had to have capped out already. There's no way he improves at all. Right. And nobody else in that room is going to get any better. So we, based upon everything I saw last year, we're doomed. I just don't understand that. Again, I didn't say we're going to win a national title next year. I'm just not understanding the we're terrible and we have no talent crowd. I just don't get that at all. Yeah. And you, you look at what other schools have done in year two, just in recent years, right? You saw what Ole Miss did in year two. You saw what Arkansas did in year two. And they show glimpses that time in year one under their new coaches, but if we're to believe that teams get better in year two under a head coach, how does Auburn get bad? Just go from bad to how did, how did it just fall off the cliff in year two with Harson? It just doesn't make logical sense that a team that has shown improvement, even though it didn't necessarily reflect in wins and losses down the stretch of the season, how does that team not get better in year two? Right. Um, JC says he'll take the shirt, so right, you already know what to do, yeah, JC. Yeah, man, that's that's between you and, and Lawrence. Well, Lawrence said he didn't. <laughs> Lawrence want said it. he, he Lawrence wants to said win. He wants to win it. He wants yeah. To win. Okay. All right. Well, so, I mean, Lawrence. So yeah, La this is what I'm saying, Lawrence. We were. I was personally like, "Yo, why? I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I don't understand why Shedrick is starting this season, and I, he didn't do anything early in the season to make me think any differently." By the end of the year, I felt much differently than I did about Shedrick Jackson at the beginning of last season. And going into next season, I've already said, I think he takes a monumental leap and he becomes a valuable piece of this wide receiving core. Yeah, and, and but again, to my point, if you ask the players, we interviewed two quarterbacks, they both noted Shedrick yeah. as a standout. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm inclined to believe them. I am really inclined to believe them. Luke, everybody talked about him. Right. I, and, and I don't know that that should necessarily be a shock. But um, yeah, it, it, it was enough to change my mind because I was where Ike was at. I was like, I don't know. Then you talk to these guys and you see how they talk about his improvement and, and all the hard work he's putting in. And I, who am I to argue with that? Right. If the guys that are here say so-and-so, not even talking about themselves, my teammate is working his ass off to get better right now. I like how much they talk about each other. Yeah. yeah. Ask them about themselves, and they'll tell you about their teammates. Man, come on, dude. That's, that's what we talk about when we talk about culture. Right. Right. All these guys can talk about is how their teammates are getting better. They don't even want it to, and you know, yeah, I'm working hard, but man, let me tell you about my teammates. All of them talked about Jay Fair. Jay Fair, Jay Fair. We heard about Jay Fair from everybody. Right. <laughs> and the comment, it's not just about his raw talent, it's about the work that he's putting in. That's exciting to hear, man, and that is a reflection of our head coach. And the work they're putting in, changing what's up here so we can change what's on the field. These uh these these comments are uh, off the chain. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, y'all um, are having a lot of fun in the comment section, and I'm not mad at it. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> but so I, I guess I, I guess 
you know, we just never know because we normally, as we get closer to the season, we'll do our predictions as to what we think Auburn to do. I had the most pessimistic take, right? Last year, you I did. had Auburn going seven and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were the closest. Oh, yeah, though, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you were the most right. <laughs> <laughs> My son stopped off and asked, 10 and two, baby. <laughs> no points for Finnish State. <laughs> right. Shut out. No points for any team that has Shut State out. We got, we didn't get one set out, though. We did. We had yeah. to block a field goal to do it, too. Yeah. <laughs> we got one set out. Oh man, yeah. that was fun. But I don't, but it, I don't take any of it back either. <laughs> I man, take it, none it of was, it back. It was good television, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You got to give people what they want. You got to give them what they want. But, but I mean, there was a point in the season where I looked like I was dead wrong. Like after we had beat Arkansas. We had beaten Ole Miss. We looked like we were well on our way to making a str- closing out the year strong, right? Mm-hmm. Then A&M happened, right? A&M, and so- A&M brought us all the way back down to earth. Yeah. So- like, offensively, that is about as bad as it gets. Yikes, Absolutely. man. I had questions for Carson after A&M. I did. He did not like my questions. Um, but I had questions. And... uh Looking back on it, in hindsight, he was probably, you know, right to do what he did. Um, but it, yeah. it just reminds me what a sad, what little he had to work with last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, offensively, especially, like, it, there weren't a ton of options. And he did what he could. And he had hard decisions to make. But no touchdowns. And one field goal. Is that what we had? One field goal? We had three points in the game? Three points. Um, and the only touchdown they scored, our offense gave to them. <laughs> right. Right. On uh, a fumble by the quarterback. So, like, um, that's about as low. It, it, we were hard pressed to do worse than that. We found a way against Mississippi State, but it's mm. fine. Yeah, I mean, I was it worse though? We scored in that game. I mean, it offensively, hurts, it was it, better. It, it, it hurts like, worse. It hurts to come out of the half having so much confidence in where we were, right? Um, right, and have it dashed so took a whole poop. Yeah, we took a whole poop in that like, second it, half. And yeah, for it, it and it, for it, it to be with a defense, the Bama game that hurt had, a lot too. Yeah, but the defense, the defense that has kept us in games, that was that that just our strength didn't really show up for us in that half. And so we had done a lot. We had done a lot. Yeah, we had done a lot offensively. It's just that we just gave out. I'm just hoping defensively we're close to where we were last year. If we're close to that this year with what everyone seems to think is a better defensive coordinator, then we should be a better football team overall. If the defense continues to do what it did last year, uh, even with the slip-ups and the offense makes incremental improvement like again we weren't getting run off the field last year like i need everybody to calm down i I don't know why i gotta keep telling people calm down but just like calm down a little bit and understand we weren't getting beat down last year even by the best teams in the country we did not get beat down last year there was no game where it was just absolutely 
destruction on the part of the other team. The the game that we looked least competent in or able to win was the Georgia game. And I'd still argue we didn't get run off the field by Georgia. It wasn't until late in that game where late. their depth at offensive line and running back started right. to pay dividends. Yeah, right. uh, mid to late third quarter is when that but, game got a hand. Yeah. Right. But the yeah. first half all the way through halfway through the third quarter, we were in that football game. We played Bama to multiple overtime. We were not getting run off the field last year. So I just don't right. know where this perception that we were just this awful team comes from. I just right. don't, I don't, I don't get it. We were definitely You're just looking at the record. You're just right, looking at the, the record. Penn state game, you know, God bless him. If Kobe Hudson doesn't come out there and fumble to away the first play in the second half, we probably look a lot better in that game. That led to a touchdown directly by them if we don't go for it on fourth down for whatever stupid reason against yeah. South Carolina right. and gift them a touchdown. And we, and the and the Kaufman muff. The Kaufman muff was bad. I yeah. was gonna point to the, South Carolina. The, the Finley fumble in the in the red zone as the bigger thing. So the fourth right. down on one side and the Finley fumble on the other side. Was it Kaufman? Somebody uh, didn't get away from the ball. Well, no, it the was, game would have um, been over. It wasn't nah, it was it was D Rob. D Rob didn't D-Rob, wave, yeah, D-Rob. wave Pritchett off. So yeah. Pritchett ended up. So, but again, those things don't. And again, I don't want to get into what it could have should have too much. I'm just trying to give perspective to people too. We were a lot closer than people are making it out to be, but the, all they're seeing is the record. And I get it. You have to close football games. So that is an aspect of it. But my thought process here is a team with more experience in this system and a coaching staff that knows their players a little bit more with more buy-in closes those games better. Right. Yeah. Is that is that crazy to think? Yeah, culture. Right. I mean, again, that's that's discipline that comes with better culture, right? And uh, they're spending all off season. So if we have, I'll be really disappointed if we see those same types of mistakes this year, right? Really disappointed if we see those same types of mistakes this year. So Brian Harson is taking over play calling, and that cannot be understated as will and will be a huge, huge factor in how the season goes. Agreed. That will have a defining effect on how the season turns out. He is taking over play. He's taking his his destiny into his own hands with play calling. And he's asking the people around him to help him come up with, you know, a system and a game plan um, that he can use to be successful. And that should be pretty fun to watch. I keep going back to this, man, but five straight home games to figure it out, to figure out who you are as a football team. Right. Before you got to go on the road, you know, to Georgia, you take that beat down and then, you know, you, you, you move on. I think it's Arkansas after that, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi state three, what should be three winnable games. Right. Don't let Will Rogers carve you up. He's coming back, right? Is he back? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Don't let him carve you up. Uh, Mr. Eighty Percent passing, and um, you know, just I don't know, man. I just see, I see, I see a workable schedule. Get get momentum early, and then figure out how to hold on for dear life. Yeah, near the end. It's yeah, the I mean, listen. West. If we start off last uh, this season like we did last season, we'll finish better this season, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree. agree. That's I think all so. I'm saying. And of course, too, staying healthy, right? We had some key injuries down the stretch that hurt us as well. So staying healthy, starting off strong with the buy-in we have, I I expect improvement. Yes, Auburn will be better 
easily better than one and seven, but I actually think Auburn improves upon last year's record. Gene Collins says, what do you think the board and boosters expectations are this year? Uh, I, you know what, at this point, I don't know that their expectations matter. If he is better than he was last season, they, their hands are probably tied. Um, so at this point, it, you, you kind of played your Trump card a little too early. And now you, you run out. You don't have no more cards to play. Like now you've put you've you've de- basically done the rope a dope situation where you came out early. You threw all of your punches, mm-hmm. and Harson is just sitting here like Ali on the ropes. Like, are you done? And now it's up to him to finish it off. Like I just don't. I don't know. Do, do you have you got a, do you have a move left now? What is your move? Harson has all the cards now. Right. 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 Harson can get himself fired or get himself an extension this year. Like it's really he up won't to Harson. Extension, not yeah, an extension, I mean, he, but he, he, gets, win, he, he gets another year. Champion. He gets another year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By he extension, win I mean another year. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. He, <laughs> we, ex- we extend you to grace a coaching here one more year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new extension at all. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, but no, like he he he's definitely controls that, and so. It's up to him. I think. I think this is an important spring. I mean, this is important summer, fall. He has to. He has to find a quarterback. Guys, there is nothing more special than a Tennessee fan in here trolling us for being Auburn fans. First of all, pro wrestling guru, welcome. Yeah, I mean, welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome back. It's anytime. a terrible take because you're like your in-state rival. Do you have an in-state rival? Yeah, at Tennessee? after Happy Meal. Yeah, game. their in-state rival is Tennessee because they beat themselves for the past <laughs> several years. <laughs> all right, all right. After Happy Meal Gate, y'all should just be quiet for a few years, right? Like, come on, man. <laughs> just, how, just ha- have you cleaned up all the mustard bottles? Is all I want. Yeah. How does it feel to, to get punished for something that that literally became legal the next year? <laughs> Tennessee at home right now, like we were ahead of our time. <laughs> Trailblazers. <laughs> we knew this nil thing was coming. We tried to get a. Get ahead and of it with these happy I'm meals. not mistaken, the in-state rival they're talking about is their biggest rival who they've not beaten since... When is the last time y'all beat Bama? Okay, Ooh. you just... you when, Once you figure that out, then come back and say something. Oh, yeah. so when was the last time they beat Georgia? They're more with us than he know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, this dude, man, I'm, I'm sure he's just, he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's he a probably nice guy. is. But if you yeah. want to start joking, I could joke back. Yeah. Like, like, bro, we in the same boat. Just grab a paddle and help us row. It's <laughs> 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 a December. <laughs> so, uh, although I will say I do, I do like what Hendon Hooker showed us last season. Yeah, I, I think I think, I think they uh, found their quarterback for their sure. Co- yeah. Their coach Heupel is is gonna be taking mm-hmm. their offense in the right direction. One hundred percent. Yeah, um, they've got the right trigger man uh, doing all the things. I just hope that they can stop somebody on defense every now and then. Yeah, definitely. Right. I was right. impressed with Hendon Hooker versus Alabama. Actually, I yeah. thought he had I thought he had a fair, fairly good game. Uh, he you know, and he he kept them in it for a while. They were just outmatched from a talent perspective, but. Uh, it, it's good to see. Uh, listen, the SEC is better, man, when Tennessee is is actually competing, and some of the uh, schools uh, that are kind of, that have kind of been sitting in the middle are better. Um, you know, I think the SEC was a little top heavy last year. Um, this year it'll be good to see some of us get back into the race here going into November. So uh, yeah. the East, the East man, has just been Georgia, Florida, and everybody else for a long time. 
in Florida ain't. Mm, mm, I know, mm. right? I mean, two, yeah. two, well, two years really, ago they K- were in there. Georgia Kentucky and everybody is, else. Is, yeah. Kentucky's the only other team that's looked. Tennessee looked better last year. Let me not just throw them completely under the they bus. Got better, they they better got better year. as the year went on. They they, yeah, they, they looked young. a little rocky at first. No pun intended. Yeah, um, complete pun intended. But uh, J.D. Davidson is declaring for the draft. Is this real? Yes. Yes. I'm so happy. What? Why? Why are you happy? He should come back. He's not good. I'm so happy. What? That's funny. Austin Burial says, uh, we ain't UCF. No way we're going one and seven. Is this the, like the, the ghost of uh, <laughs> a big cat past in here? <laughs> I, w- I was on a Georgia Twitter space last night with our guy Paul uh, from UGA Rivals. Uh, and we had a good time just talking about expectations, spring games, everybody's spring games this season. And, you know, the question that they had for me a lot was, you know, what's a realistic outlook on Auburn this season? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a wide range of takes. You know, I don't think we'll be worse, but I could see a scenario where we might get worse if worst case scenario happens with injuries and things of that nature. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not predicting that. So I'm not predicting that we're going to be worse. There are more scenarios where we get better than there are where we get worse. Brian Harson has been coaching football a long time. I, I think, I think he'll, I think he'll find his groove a little bit. I'm hopeful that he will, but I'm happy with the work that they're, they're they put in. And I'm also happy with the, with the introspection that has happened within this administration, within this football staff about what they need to do better as well too. Right. That get, there's nothing makes me more hopeful for guys to improve than hearing them admit where they need to improve. Right. 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 That makes me hopeful. So when people ask us, you know, say, you know, why, why I'm not just trashing TJ and throwing him under the bus, it's because we talked to him. Hey, man, what are you working on for next season? He said consistency and leadership. So you're talking about a kid who's at least aware I have to be more consistent. He understands the importance of being more consistent. Right. So I cannot believe he's not out there working his ass off to be more consistent. Whether that comes to fruition or not is what everybody is debating on. Whether it can come to fruition. And you know what? I'm right there with everybody else in the I don't know. Well, not everybody else. I'm in the I don't know category, but, you know, I think that there's a, a possibility that he could. I'm not in the camp that thinks that there's no possibility that he can. Yeah. So, you know, will he is a different conversation. Right. And when he will is another conversation as well.